Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from our equipping pastor, Dennis Kozlov. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. All right, guys. This is a new series that we're starting. And we have called it Means of Grace. Means of Grace. In this series, we'll be talking about something that the Bible calls godly living. The heart of a Christian faith is good news. A specific message from God that sets your heart free. As Apostle Paul writes his epistles to churches, he always writes it in this order. He greets people. He presents or reminds them the gospel, the good news. He makes sure you get it. And then he says, therefore, and he begins to give you practical instructions for your life. And that's exactly the order we want to follow always. Because the, 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 the... The grave mistake, the error that a lot of churches do, they assume that the gospel got established in people enough and they just jump into preaching godly living. Godly living that is detached from the gospel becomes a dead religion that will kill you. That's why I am sorry if you feel like you're tired of us speaking about the gospel. In every message, we try to speak of the gospel. We never glade over it. We never just like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, gospel. Let's tell, tell you how to live. No, look at Christ. Get melted. And then say, Lord, what is the shape or the form or the mold I can just being melted, just get into and become something new, transformed. That's how it works. All right? So if you're cold, chosen, frozen, you need the gospel. Yeah, anyway. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to read the first verse. It's found in the book of Timothy. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no such book. It's, yeah, there is a book. Sorry. I, I haven't woken up. I had too much. Uh, don't listen to me for a few seconds. Let me put <laughs> my brains together. <laughs> okay. First Timothy 4, 7 through 9. Have nothing to do with godless myths. And old wives' tales. Modern translation, don't watch CNN too much. (laughs) Rather, train yourself to be godly. Whoa. For physical training, in other translation, bodily exercise is of some value. But godliness has value for all things. Holding promise for the both, the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Paul speaks of something that he calls godly life, godly living. And he actually compares two kind of things. He compares physical training, physical exercise, and the exercise in godliness. And he says both has value, but one has a very limited value. So it's not an excuse not to exercise physically, but he says there is a different kind of exercise. If you start practicing in your life, you will benefit so much in this life and in the life to come. Do you hear this? Do you realize that he's speaking about intentional 
purposeful, focused effort. You can't exercise like, yeah, whatever comes, comes. I think I've done my exercise. No, you have a program, you have a goal, you have a, end, uh, you, you have a benefit in mind that you're pursuing by doing that. The same thing happens here. So Paul compares these two kinds of intentional activity, deliberate focused effort aimed at specific benefit, beneficial results. So these are the practices. We're going to be talking about practices that have been marking lifestyle of all genuine Christians in the past generations. And I hope these practices are going to mark our lives as Christians living in 21st century. But like with anything, you can do it right or you can do it wrong. And I want to make sure as we talk about these things, Neil and I, we, we would do it right. And to do it right, we need to learn the posture of our heart and the whole, to understand what is it and what is it for. Because a lot of people begin to do it wrong and then they just drop altogether. Or just tor have a torment in, in their souls trying to do it through their life. Having an upper stiff lip, whatever you call this, right? Upper stiff lip. Eh, I have a little bit of dyslexia today too. Uh, <clears throat> In the previous series, okay, I want you to know that in the previous series, we've been emphasizing the communal side of your Christian walk, that you cannot undertake this journey called Christian life alone. You're supposed to be connected, committed, and serving one another in the body of Christ, local body of Christ, specific people that you know and see on a regular basis. That was the previous series. We, it, it was called Living in His Body. This series... I'm deliberately not talking about you all, y'all. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about you personally, Keith. The whole series is about Keith. <laughs> no, I'm talking about you. So I want you to keep it in mind that whatever Dennis is saying or Neil is saying, it's not for your neighbor, it's not for your spouse, it's for you to ask yourself these questions. It's applied to yourself personally. In fact, it's you practice godly living when you're all along and no one's watching. That's very important to understand. Because there's a psychological phenomenon called peer pressure. And it can be bad, it can be good. Parents use a good positive peer pressure and they try to guard their kids from negative peer pressure. But please do not practice these things out of positive peer pressure. Do not practice these things before people. Practice them when nobody's watching. It is for you, Keith, <laughs> again. It is for you, Lisa. It is for me, Dennis. Dennis, it's for you. So in a sense, all these things that we've been talking about, we'll be talking about, it's, it's developing and cultivating this secret life with the Lord. I mean, husband and wife, it's one flesh. Even in this relationship, a wife must learn to have something that is just between her and the Lord. And a husband should do the same thing. I understand you're very close, but still the Lord must be closer to you. And He will be, because He wants to. And you know what? Your marriage will benefit so much. Every area of life will benefit so much if you begin to develop this secret, secret life with the Lord. And the Lord is giving us tools how to develop this secret life with the Lord. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Okay? All right. I'm getting excited. I know about you. 
So, <clears throat> so these things, they're like two wings. They will keep you safe in your Christian life. Be connected to the local body of Christ, to the local church. But also make sure you have the secret practical life with the Lord when you practice certain things for the sake of Him. Okay? We have called this series the means, uh, means of grace. We talk about practices. We talk about specific things that you can practice. Some people call them spiritual disciplines. But we don't want to scare you with these words, practices, disciplines, because they sound and they, they smell like hard work sometimes. And that's exactly what I want to, to set you free from. You know... If you call me to your house, by the way, Keith today is just a star. He actually did that. He called me to his house and he made one of the best steaks that I ever had. You know, I had to work on that thing with a knife and a fork. Do you think it was a toil for me? A drudgery? No, that's exactly what I want to happen to you all and to me. I want prayer. I want Bible. I want private worship to become such an enjoyable thing in your life that you don't feel like you have to, you must, but you get to. Do you hear me? This is so good, guys. What we have here as a corporate gathering is wonderful. But you know what? Some countries... They suppress Christianity. You know, COVID happens. They ban people from gathering. The only thing that will sustain you if you learn to, to, to have all these things with the Lord in your private personal life. And you learn it by acquiring a taste to an extent that you begin to salivate. You know, oh, I, can get, I get to pray. My wife is going shopping, so I have three hours free by myself. I can jump before the Lord. I can prostrate on the floor. It's me and the Lord time. That is so cool, guys. I hope all of you have these moments in your life. And I don't want these moments to be in your life only. I want these moments to become habits and these habits to become a lifestyle. Ooh, that exactly what's making you theoretical Christian that has a lot of knowledge in your head into a practical Christian who knows the Lord. Ooh, this is good, guys. Dennis, you're a good preacher. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> I got to encourage myself every once in a while. <clears throat> So there are three kinds of Christians in relation to this prayer. And let me just list some of them, these this, this practices, these this spiritual uh, disciplines, means of grace. The Bible. The Bible. And I, guys, there were moments in my life when I kissed this book. I just kissed this book. I couldn't, I couldn't hold myself. I just, I kissed this book because it gave me so much life. And I know, and I feel so bad that some people... They hear that they're supposed to read the Bible as Christians. They open it. They try to read it. And it's, it's a toil. It's a, it's a drudgery. It's, it's hard work. And they just drop the ball and say, I've tried it. It doesn't work for me. So, oh, man, if, you, if you're one of those, I pray God opens your heart. And through this series and through some help, you will get to the place in your life when you will just love this book. The Bible, the prayer, oh my goodness. Some of you can only pray this one kind of prayer, whatever it is. Like, oh, dear Heavenly Father, amen. And you go, 
Do you know there is a whole world of prayer life? There are so many different kinds of prayer. They're, they're listening to the Lord. There's a prayer of contemplation, beholding the Lord. There's a prayer of worship. Oh, there's so many things. And all of them can strengthen you and, and fill you with joy and hope and strength. And you can only get it personally when you're one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. And if you only learn to love the Bible, but you never learn to pray, you're going to be a very strange creature with a big, big head sometimes. Yeah, anyway. Uh, personal uh, worship. Personal type of worship. Yeah. Rejoicing in the Lord. Do you know that this is a practice? Do you, well, when a funny comedian tells a joke, <laughs> comes naturally. But when life hits... And you read, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Do you know that Paul says this is your decision. This is the choice that you learn to make in life. When everything goes wrong and the world is screaming out of panic and fear, you become the, the, the beacon of hope for people when you are full of peace and joy. Do you know you can only get it within, between you and the Lord? <laughs> Spiritual fellowship. It's not just a decision to be connected and committed. It's, it's when you, you have this vertical aspect of your walk with the Lord. For example, when I meet with Lyndon, I know that Lyndon is connected with the Lord. And there's a flow of living water in him. And the same thing happens in me. So when I meet with a Christian, I'm okay with chit-chat. I'm okay to talk about the weather or whatever. But I, I'm always expecting, I'm always expecting there's going to be a little crack and the life will flow from this person into me. Or a life will flow from me into this person. It's, it's an act of faith. You need to learn those things. You need to learn those expectations. I, I'm giving you too much probably. I don't know. I hope not. So spiritual fellowship. And right now I'm just listing. And I'm, I'm unfortunately I started unpacking them already. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about, let me just bring us back to the list. We're going to be talking about these specific things. And my goal is to move you from just trying this to-do list that Christians are supposed to check into something that becomes an enjoyment of your life. Okay? I, I, I hope I communicated that. Right? Good. So... Oh, I was saying there are three kinds of Christians in relation to this godliness, these, these godly practices. And you fall into one of these categories, so only you can answer the question, which category do you fall into? First of all, believers who don't practice these things or practice it randomly or sporadically. Hey, guys, that's most of us here. So don't worry. Don't feel, oh, man, I'm like not spiritual. Yes, you are not. Neither am I, Okay. Dennis, I thought you were very spiritual. No, dude, this is the gift of God. This is the grace that I'm speaking. At home, I struggle just like you. It gets better. That's what I'm telling you today. I love prayer today. I love spending time with the Lord. I love my Bible. And if you're not there yet, you'll get there. Don't worry. You'll get there. We'll help you to get there. So, and it's easy to drift from that. There is a second kind of believers it's a smaller percentage. These are the people who kind of learn to do it out of obligation and duty and a little bit of guilt. And some preachers help with the guilt every once in a while. 
I don't want you to stay there. That's not what the Lord wants. That's not. That's right. No, that's not what the Lord wants. And there is a, and there is a small percentage of people, and you probably recognize them when you interact with them. These are the people who enjoy these things because they learned how to derive life from these things. And they carry the presence of the Lord without even knowing it sometimes. Wouldn't you want to be such people? That's exactly why we want to preach this series of messages, guys. And I think I kind of cheated myself. I kind of preached the whole message already. Anyway, so we called it means of grace, meaning they're like channels of grace to receive grace, to constantly increase the measure of the goodness of God that flows into your life and makes the knowledge of God an experiential reality, okay? God wants to flood your life. All of you had all kinds of negative experiences in life, and they have left some wounds and scars on you, and your experience has authority, and your experience tells you what the reality is, but the Word of God says, no, reality is different, and now you're torn apart, and you, with your head, you believe the Bible. With your heart, you believe your life experience. That's why you don't carry much joy or much, uh, much uh, peace or much presence of the Lord. You need to be transferred. You need to say, no, you're no longer you're not longer determining what's the what's the reality of my life i'm gonna get my reality from a different source so these are the ways for you to transfer yourself from this dry dead depressed anxious life into the life of peace joy because god is real in your life i want to be i want you to be able to write your own psalms like david did and if somebody reads that, they go, whoa, this is of the Spirit of God. How did you get that? Well, God spoke to me. How did you learn to hear God? Well, it took time, and my church helped me. But now I hear God every week, every day. He speaks to me. He tells me. He warns me about certain things. He helps me to be strengthened. And it's all happening within you. In your spirit. That's the main point that I want to get across. We don't do it because these are like helpful things to do. I'm getting to my very important point. And I missed, I skipped most of my passages here. Let me find my place. Okay, okay. I don't even know whether I need to tell you that. I, I will. Just in case... Just in case somebody is not sure yet. There are two concepts that really contaminated this whole understanding of uh, godly living. And I don't want you to have any remaining residual traces of that toxic, toxic thinking. Naturally, we think of God as somebody we, we make trade with, we make deals with. That's right. <laughs> there was a... <laughs> So uh, some people, they, they, they think that doing these things, practicing these things, by doing these things, they secure their salvation. This is a lie. You're not saving yourself by things you do, okay? You're not securing your salvation by your prayers, by Bible reading, by any of these things. You're not. It's done once for all in Jesus Christ, on the cross of Jesus. 
And Paul says it over and over again. Actually, I have a passage uh, here from, from uh, Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved. Past tense. Perfect. For by grace, the gift of God, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. Okay? Your salvation is not your own doing. But these practices are your own doing. So don't conflate them. Don't conjoin them. Don't join them together. Don't mix them together. This mixture is going to kill you. So you're, you're saved by Jesus okay so that's one thing but another problem some people get established and they yeah yeah I know it thank you thank you preachers thank you preachers of the gospel of grace thank you Neil thank you Dennis I finally go ah, I'm okay God is not against me but they still sometimes join these practices they tempted to think that by these practices it's kind of a way to change God's mind about you and manipulate him into more favorable disposition. You still think that God is a moody being. You still think that he has a little bit of schizophrenia. You still think that he, one day he's good with you, another day you're not so sure. No, you need to be set free from that. Romans 8, 31 through 34 and uh, 38 through 39, I'm going to read it. Paul says, and I love this chapter, chapter 8 in the book of Romans. <clears throat> what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Do you have this mindset? God is for you. He's never against you. Let's keep on reading. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? That's you. Is it God? It is God who justifies. That's, it is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? You know, you can be in the middle of the most, the messiest season of your life. And you can have full realization that you brought it on yourself. And still, God looks at you. He justifies you. And he even intercedes for you. Whoa. You know what an intercede is? Somebody who is not worthy to come to a very special event. But I have access. I come and I say, Please, I know he's not dressed adequately. I know he's a country bumpkin. I know he smells funny. But I'm, I'm begging you, please. I, I'm vouching for him. He's mine. He'll be okay. I'm bringing him in. That's what Jesus is doing before the Father. Every single time you're concerned with your mess. Dennis, you're preaching the gospel to us again. Yes. Yes. So <clears throat> whether you practice anything or not practice anything, God's heart has been firmly established about you. He loves you dearly, and it's a gloriously flat fact. You can't change it. You can't make him love you more. So stop trying, okay? All right. 
Now I come to, now I need to shift gears quickly. And this, I think this is important enough. And in a strange way, a lot of American and Western Christians in general do not really realize that. I want to start with John 3, 6. <clears throat> that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do you realize that you really, indeed, for a fact, bore, you, you've been born twice if you're a Christian? So you have two dimensions in your life, two realms, two worlds. One is your natural fleshly side and another one is you as a spiritual being here's the biggest problem that most western christians have they don't know themselves as spiritual beings they don't know their own spirits and why we call them means of grace these things because these are the ways to come to know your spirit and the reality of God is found nowhere else but in your spirit. Your heart, your soul, your body, you're a complex being. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. Have you seen those uh, Russian stacking dolls? You're like one of them. You're not a simple being. Just like your body is very complex and intricate. It has kidneys and liver and heart and nerves and all kinds of things with all kinds of functions you are complex being spiritually speaking you are the spirit you're a spiritual being because it says in the gospel of john god is spirit you can only know god as a spirit so i'm telling you confidently that although you know yourself by your flesh you looked at the mirror this morning and you hopefully took a shower and calm you know calm your hair and all of that that's your flesh the way you feel today about things or people that's your soul I'm simplifying right now but there's a deeper side of you that actually if you have called on the name of the Lord sincerely once in your life he came in there and right now in your spirit there is a spirit of God but Dennis I feel like crap well you just you're not in touch with your spirit that's what I know I know what you feel so these things are the ways to actually learn to connect to your own spirit where the Spirit of God is alive and active can I hear an amen to that amen. so <clears throat> I want you to understand that the marvelous fact of the Bible that he created us as a vessel as a container as an empty pot so to speak which is not diminishing it's great it's it's actually liberating because you're not responsible for the content you're responsible to be filled with the right content so God created us I love this example I've used it many times like like, like he created us according to his likeness and image like like a glove is created according to the likeness and an image of a hand perfect fit so you guys are perfect fit for God to fill you with with himself as your life and is your content to such an extent that you begin to express it through the faculties of your soul and thus hence you become 
God carriers in this world. You're God's containers to be filled with Him, to contain Him, and to express Him. Is that cool? That's your calling for this world. That's why, you know, He loves you as you are, as a person, but you will always feel empty in this world if you don't learn to be filled with Him. And that's why you're always trying to fill yourself with stuff. Because that's, your, that's what you're created for. You're created to be filled with stuff. And to be filled to, 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 to spill it over, all over the place. All right? So, guys, just get it in your mind that whatever you think of yourself, you're God's vessel for God's glory. When the fall came, when the sin entered into this world, everything got upside down. In a sense, I'm simplifying again. You're a spiritual being that were created to be in touch with God. Your soul is the way to express God, to have communion with God and to express God. And your body is a vehicle to carry the glory of God wherever you go. When the sin has entered into the world, it all got upside down. Your spirit got dead, so you don't really know your spirit. Your soul got twisted and began to serve the body. And basically your life began to be focused on just trying to become happy by fulfilling the cravings of your body. And when, when you receive Jesus, the reverse process began. The life has entered into your spirit. The living water is there. And it's ready to flow and, and just flood your soul. And then you, even your body begin, begin to express it. I hope I'm not speaking too complicated things. Are you getting anything? Are you receiving anything? You are spiritual beings. You have a soul, and it's unique, it's wonderful, it's peculiar, and you have a body, and it's all one thing. Okay, so I'll just read a few verses just to remind you about the spiritual side of things. So John 4, 13, Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. He's talking about physical body, physical thirst, physical water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. The water that I will give him, he's speaking about the Spirit, will, will give him, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That spring is inside of you. Do you know this spring? Do you experience this spring? Do you know that some of you do, but it's like it's dripping every once in a while in your soul? With some, it's a little, like, little stream. With some, it's a little creek. It's got to be a waterfall of grace, and it will be there. So these are things, this prayer, engaging with the Bible, these are all the means to get, get you to the place when you experience the flow of the Spirit within you. Amen. Romans 8, 16, <clears throat> the Spirit Himself, capital S, it doesn't matter, in Greek there is no capital, no uh, small letter. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So there are two spirits there, and one communicates with another in telling him the divine, marvelous, amazing, glorious truth that you are a genuine child of God. That's got to be your experience. And these things, these practices help you to have a lot of this experience in your life. Romans 8, 14. For all who are led 
by the Spirit of God, are sons of God. Sons here is a mature adult son who, is, who can communicate with the father at the same level. And they do stuff together. That's God's desire for you and me. So basically what I'm telling you, and I'm finishing, and I'm amazed. I'm, I'm finishing even before I'm, you know, my allotted time is out. The only way to truly know God experientially is not by our analytical faculties in our mind by studying the doctrines the only way to know God is to know him as a spirit within our spirit resonating to things that he's showing us from his word and acting upon it this make sense that's a practical side of a Christian life but again please never detach it from the gospel do it in the light of the gospel so Basically, all these practices that we'll be talking about, reading the Bible, meditating upon the Bible, engaging with the Bible, praying, learning how to pray in all possible different ways, acts of worship, acts of service, when you do it privately, secretly, please don't do it before other people because that's how to become a Pharisee. We don't want to become Pharisees. We want to become carriers of God's glory. And I'll just, at the end, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little bit of a encouragement based on my own experience. So today you guys have been born and raised in a totally different culture, not the one that I've been born and raised, right? So in a sense, it's like a different world. So for many Russian people, America, Great Britain, Australia, all these exotic countries, they kind of exist, but they never experience them. They only see them on TV. But one day, the Soviet Union collapsed and the missionaries were allowed to come and they began to preach the gospel, preach the Bible. And they did it in English and they brought interpreters. And these interpreters would help us to understand the message. And a lot of us became Christians as a result of that. But God gave me such a hunger in my heart. So I started like reading the Bible like crazy. I was devouring it. But I had so many questions. And the only people who could answer these questions were those English-speaking guys. So I would stay behind over every service, over every meeting. And I would bother and bug them to death. Not literally. But a lot of interpreters were not as spiritual as those missionaries. So they started hating me. Like I would wear them out. And I thought, you know what? What the heck? I'm going to learn. If they learn how to speak English, I can learn how to speak English. And I decided to learn how to speak English. And I did it by faith and God blessed me. And you know what began to happen? I wish I could say right away I was fluent. No. No. I God blessed me. I, he expedited the whole process. But I remember I started putting some work in it because I saw the goal. The goal was I can freely communicate. I can understand with no help. I can express myself. We can have heart-to-heart -heart relationship with nobody in between. And as I started pursuing that, I started doing those cards. And I started practicing, saying these words, saying these sentences, just learning, listening, writing down, working. And the time began to come when all of a sudden I would hear a sentence and I will understand like 30% of that. Wow, that was so cool. 
That was amazing. You know, years later, English-speaking world is the reality of my life. And if I come to another parts of the world and I say, you know what we do in America? I said, how do you know what they do in America? Because I live in America. I speak America. I eat America. I drink America. I'm America today. Guys, that's the way to enter into the reality of, of, of life with Christ, with God. Jesus was walking as heaven and earth. And he says, I've come and I've done everything so that you would walk in the same way. So you will learn to walk heaven and earth as you learn to enjoy these things with the Lord when no one's watching. All right? And that's the series that we're introducing to you, Means of Grace. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.